When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. This is a production of ITM Media. Good evening, race fans everywhere, and welcome to another amazing episode of Rambling About Racing. I'm one of the two awesome hosts, Charlie Herkus, joined by... The ever faithful Matt Beamer. Matt, how are you doing this evening? What's going on, Charlie? It's really good to be here after an ex- really just two races of racing on dirt with NASCAR. Unless you were fortunate enough in your local short track to witness dirt racing at its pure grassroots, it wasn't a bad week, man. But everything's going well. Yeah, we uh, got through the Easter holiday. Unfortunately, I had to shift work. I had to work Sunday, but I spent Saturday up there in. Caroline's neck of the woods and hanging out with her and her family had a nice fish fry and stuff. And I got, I mean, yeah, I got an amazing observation that I made on the way home and it was so funny on the way home. I'm on 26 and I had to make a pit stop. I grabbed a thing of monster and a Hershey's bar because I needed a little boost to get through the finish line. I felt, and I stopped at this uh, circle K, but it had Arby's attached to it. And I walk out finishing, getting my purchases and get ready to get in my truck, and I see this guy who clearly just got Arby's and finished it up, but he took the the fry packet, the packet of fries, mm-hmm. he finished that, but he opened it up, and he started licking the, the thing that the box came that in. That must it, have been a phenomenal I, thing of Arby's curly I, fries. I have not had Arby's fries in years, and man, let me tell you, I don't remember any time them being that good. I, I wonder if they changed the recipe or something. It was the I, funniest thing I have ever seen. Did they add meth to it? I don't know. 
or crack cocaine, meth. I, they added something to those fries to make them like irresistible to the public. I feel it was so, just the funniest good old thing. Good sugar sprinkled yeah, on Holy there. cow, man! It was the funniest thing I saw, man. But other than that, man, you know what? Just I spent the weekend or half the weekend with the family up there in uh, Caroline's neck of the woods. Like I said, with her family celebrating the pre-Easter celebrations, then celebrating Easter with the firehouse at the firehouse with the guys and stuff. It was a good. Good shift. Nothing much happened, but then... Y'all cook out at Firehouse Sunday? Yeah, not Sunday. We really just... It was Easter Sunday. We just stayed in the rooms, really, and just yeah. and went on a few alarms, and that was about it. But, gotcha. yeah, and then today, Maury had her vaccination stuff done, and that wasn't fun, man. Oh, no. Absolutely not. That wasn't uh, fun at all. Been there, done that. Never fun, because no matter how much they try to hide that needle stick it never goes well there's a lot of no. screaming involved yeah it was it was just 100% pitiful but i'm mean, i'm glad it's over with she's vaccinated at least with polio and her first doses of vaccines i'm sure there's going to be more down the line but yeah, yeah there's, there's going to be a few but and speaking of Maury, man i posted up we caroline and i posted stuff up on our facebook page uh, rambling about Facing's facebook page and it was it was the craziest thing because you know we we wanted to promote the show but you know promote Maury as it is and man yeah. but but I, the, the weirdest I saw, I saw a couple of that because yeah and it was the weirdest I, comments I yeah and I I went in this morning when I woke up because I seen one of the messages and I actually went in and look guys keep in mind we're, we're not out to block anybody no but not. I went in and blocked this person like. The, the comments creep me out, and it's not even my. I mean, it's my goddaughter. Don't get me wrong, but right. it's not even it's not even my my child. Yeah. But I went in and blocked this person. Yeah, one of these guys wrote the the Facebook page, and I don't know if it's just trolls. I don't know if it's bots. I don't know what it is. But we took this good thing that you know promoting our the racing show and promoting the daughter, future race fan, and and this person tech it wrote us and it said something along the lines of, "Is that a real baby?" And then I didn't respond back. It's like, that was freaking weird. And then this person said, is it for sale? I'll take the baby. And I was just like, off, you know, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Back off. I deleted all the posts with Maury. So folks, if you, if you like seeing pictures of Maury, the hell with it. I'm not doing it anymore. That was the creep. That was the stupidest thing I could have done. And yeah, they, they went on to say something. Well, I, you know, I, I have seizures or, or, or something like that. And I, I just, I, I finally just, bl- I went in and blocked the person. No, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're not dealing with this. Yeah, we're not so, doing So sorry if you like the photos of Maury, but at the same time, it did, did something like that. I, I, if I could have got my hands on that guy, I probably wouldn't be doing yeah, the show this week because no that guy would be dead. I'd, and, I'd have sent you a computer or something and a cake. Yeah, prison. yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We, we would have yeah, still no done problem. the show one way or another. We would have still done the show. Yeah. They, they can't check cake. It gives the cards nah, a piece. They don't check cake. But man, I've seen it too many movies, man. Yeah, you could work in the movies. You could work in real life. Yeah. No, no kidding. Yeah, no brainer there. But how was your uh, Easter weekend, Charlie? Yeah, went good. We got rained out Saturday night, which is which is a bummer. Yeah, it is. So uh, next race is April thirtieth, which was probably a blessing in disguise because we had a, a hub kind of mess up with us. Right rear hub messed up after five laps of practice and the, the first practice there, which I only ran, that was the only practice I was going to run and I only ran like three hard laps. And I come back in and I was checking everything over and found that the right rear hub was loose and it turns out that like the key weight and stuff like that, just something, something had went wrong and 
so it, it was probably a, a blessing in disguise for it to get rained out. But uh, Easter did not start. It started well, went to crap, ended well. And, but fun, funny story in between there is, you know, we got up. Uh, me and Emma got ready. We went and met Kelsey, picked her up. We all went to church together. Uh, we we're supposed to go to my mom's after church. I did not know that my sister and her family were going to the early service so that they could get over to my mom's house sooner. Well, that led into everybody texting me, when are you heading this way? Like, what what time are you going to be here? Well, we, we just got out of church. We're going home, changed clothes, and we're headed that way. So by the time I leave the house, hey, are you on the way? Yes, we're leaving the house. We're on the way. We get about halfway there. How far out are you? So now I'm getting ill. Uh, and, and some other things happened as well, a, a particular phone call. I uh, won't have to, I won't go into detail on that one, but that one made me Ill, just, just added fuel to the fire. And then I get like an eighth of a mile from my mom's driveway. Hey, how close are you? We don't, we, we want to go ahead and hide the eggs before it starts raining and stuff. My daughter's with me. Like, oh, okay. So we're, we're going to hide the eggs with my daughter with me. We're about to pull in a driveway. I hung up the phone. I'm, I'm mad. So, I pull in the driveway, I park, I walk inside, I storm inside. I was like, what are we waiting on? Let's hide the eggs. I thought you were ready to hide the eggs. What are we all standing around for? Let's go. I mean, give me the eggs. Let's hide the eggs. And I could tell I just done made some people mad. And I take it so, you haven't had one drop of alcohol till this point. Or up no, this point. I hadn't. Not yet. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I could, I could and- already see this is sober, Charlie. This isn't even... 9 a.m. Yeah. at the racetrack, crack a beer open, Charlie. This is just, I got to dumb this church. Not. This was, I'm having a bad day, Charlie. Oh, and no. <laughs> so we get there. We get all that done. We eat some lunch. Uh, everybody else is already eating at this point because I had done told them, uh, well, don't wait on us to eat. Oh, well, we did. We already ate. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh gosh. This is when we were leaving my house earlier. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was trying to be nice, but thanks for throwing that back in my face, too. But anyway, we get everything done. I pulled my mom out back, and I was like, look, I'm sorry. Some other stuff happened today, too. Did not help. I said, but I also did not need y'all calling me every 10 minutes asking me, hey, how far out are you? How far out are you? Are you there yet? I mean, what are we, five? I will get. I know how to get there. I will get there just as quick as I can. I did not know that my sister and they were going to the early service. So... We got everything done. I, I worked on a car while I was there, fixed it for somebody, and the bottom fell out. So here's the funny part of the story. And I felt like this was just... Oh, I thought you hiding the eggs was the funny part of the story. There's more to it. Holy cow. Oh, yes. There's more to it. This was probably my payback for having a bad attitude on Easter. You know, me and Kelsey haven't like been dating like super long and stuff yet. Yeah. In fact, like, I unofficially met her. Yeah, we usually FaceTime during the race, so I FaceTime you thinking we're going to watch the race together. Well, no, you got a girl over. It's like, well, I'm not going to be that guy. You know, you do your stuff with your girlfriend and watch the race with her, which I was surprised she was watching the race with you. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. No, you're fine. Uh, so bottom fell out. Like It's storming. Like It's not going to let up anytime soon. I'm trying to go ahead and get back to uh, the house here so we can watch the race. And so I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll run out there, get the car, trying to do a good deed, run out there, get the car so I can back it up to the carport there and Emma and Kelsey get in. Very gentlemanly thing for you right. to do. Consider it. So I run out there. I jump over this one little 
ditch that's got some water running, I mean, like a river running through it at this point. And when I land on the other side, I land just fine. But then I go to take the next step and my shoe stays in the ground and my foot comes out of it. So here I am. I pause. I look and I'm like, it's not worth it. Keep running. So I just keep running to the car and leave my shoe in the ground. And so I get the car, I back it around, and I'm like, do I really want to get out and just chance it? They're old tennis shoes. Do I, do I really just want to get out and run, go get it, or just let it finish raining? We're going home anyway. Mom can get it and throw it away. So I get out, I run, go get it. I run back to the car. But what made things worse is when I went to get in the car the first time, I let the stinkiest fart go. Oh, no, man. Come on. What are you doing, man? I, it slipped, okay? It really did. Like, I was running as fast as I could. I haven't pooted around Kelsey yet. But, man, it stuck. I got stuck that vehicle up bad. So, I've, I'm laughing when they get in the car, too. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry. Like, the floorboard's full of water. You don't understand. It's, muddy, it it's, in, it's muddy water. Yeah, yeah if, if it stinks in here... I really, 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 really apologize. Like, I know I had put it around you. This is not how I wanted to do it. But I'm sorry. And she just starts rolling laughing. And she's the keeper. I, I'm just, oh, my God. I, I'm, 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 I'm angry, but then I'm like, this is karma for having a bad attitude all day. And the car stinks. And I'm like, I'm soaking wet. And I, I'm like, can we just please go home now? This is. You ever see that movie Tropic Fun- Thunder? Yeah. Yeah, you remind me of that simple Jack character. <laughs> right there. I can just see you going, I want to get to the truck. And it's like not working out. And we've all been there, man. It's just one of those things. That's funny, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good Easter, man. I hope everybody else yeah. out there had a good Easter. And thank you for joining us, whether this is your first time listening to Rambling About Racing or your 127th time listening to the show. We really do appreciate it, whether you're on your regular podcast platform Burns Radio with the Belly Up Sports. We really do appreciate everybody's support and listening to the show. We we have fun doing it. And I, I have to point out one more thing before we get into our question of the week. I was listening to an old episode. I, I forget what number it was, but it was a d- the decade in NASCAR where President and I broke down from 2010 up to 2019. And I realized something. I had such an epiphany right there that I used to do better with the stats of the show and stuff than I do now. I have I have tr- totally just full parred on that one. Or however, insert a- adjective here. I just really messed that up lately. And it's like, man, I, I used to do really good stats. And now I don't. It's like, I, I feel bad. What do you mean stats? Like views, well, well, listeners, no, no, not, stuff not, like that? Not necessarily listeners. We're doing well on the listener count. But what I did for this decade in NASCAR, and go back and listen to it. The link will be in the podcast description below. What I did for the decade in NASCAR, I went through all 10 years and, and compiled a spreadsheet. And I had every driver's wins from 2010 to 2019, year by year, number of wins, all the way down to, I think, 30-something drivers that I did for 10 years. And it was I mean, I even highlighted first-time winners, championship seasons, and all that, man. I, I was really big into that. It took me, like, two days to compile. But I used to do that. I mean, you know, go back and listen to it. It's, it was a totally different format than what we do now here at Rambling About Racing. That's when we were in the marbles. But, yeah, it's just crazy just how far either I've declined or 
we've progressed in the show. I don't know. Take, take it how you want it. This week's question of the week is, is it taboo for sanctioned bodies to take things from other sanctioned bodies? An example that we have is, is it tab, would it be taboo for Formula One to take the overtime, the green-white checkered finishes that NASCAR has? Would it be taboo to do that? I'm going to say no, only because I feel like it would bring a, a little more sense of excitement into Formula One. Look, Formula One is it's, it's what I don't like about Formula One is because once they get going, unless the safety car comes out and it does punch them back up, man, I'm it's, it's nothing but a long, like, 53, 54 lap race. And it's green green flag stops, and if you stretch your lead out enough, you come in, take tires, you go right back out to the lead. Uh, and, and which okay, kudos to you that you, it's not not your fault. Everybody else is sucking. I get that, but in F one starts for everything. Like you get a good right. jump, it's hard to run somebody down. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that. That kind of caveat and then piggyback off of. The previous question of the week, which was, just, should NASCAR have two compounds of tires, hard and soft, throughout for road courses and ovals? And I feel like it. it, it in one way, it is kind of taboo because we you want to see the the driver or the the sanctioned body come up with their own specific brand of racing. I mean, Formula or Formula One doesn't do what IndyCar does, and vice versa. They're two completely yes. different entities. But at the same time, to your point, uh, we'll take a. Uh, Last year's Formula One finale, where they came, where it was coming down to the point where the, the race might end under caution, Lewis Hamilton will win the championship just for the fact that the race finished under caution. If if Formula One would to say, "Hey, we're going a three lap shootout," and, and name it something else, it doesn't have to even be that. It could be a two lap shootout, and say that we're going into overtime in their sense, in their sense of overtime. The the idea wouldn't even come up like, "Hey, we're going to finish this race under caution." The idea would be okay we're going to reset the field everybody's going to reset and then when we say go you have two laps or however many laps they decide to finish the race Mm -hmm. so that wouldn't be an issue the only issue i see with that is formula one holds a certain amount of fuel whatever you start to race off on fuel you have to finish that on fuel so that could throw in strategies down the line and that's for the f1 teams to decide this is all of course hypothetical yeah either that or you bring it into uh Bring stage racing into F1. And I think that that's not going to happen. I mean, that's the only thing I really think. I I think stage racing would be more beneficial to F1 than it is NASCAR. And and in some ways, because under caution, I mean, F1's saving fuel anyway, so it's not like it would cost them. They still make it to the end. True. But then then I think about this. I think about if if they were to introduce stage racing, then it would be like trying to organize unorganically trying to make it exciting, kind of like what NASCAR did when they introduced stage racing. Right. It's like, this would be more exciting only because we threw the caution out at this point. Everybody could pit, get on fresh tires or do whatever they want and then get back out there and everybody's reset and then go. So it's kind of like, to me, I I don't want to throw a caution just for the sake of throwing caution. Like, I mean, I know SRX does it because, you know, hey, he's too far out. No, we're going to bunch him back up and keep going. But that's, that's SRX. That's what they decided they want to do in their organization. It, it's such a taboo thing, I feel, taking one thing from another. I mean, will it work for some and others? Yeah, it will, but 
I think that's the uniqueness of Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, SRX, you name it, that they have their own unique little signature to to it, to their organization of the race, to the how the race progresses, that to take something from Formula One, put it in NASCAR, or however you slice that cake, would just be, you're trying to be something you're not. Right. In some cases, I think it's a good idea, but I think in the long game, I feel like it's just not a good idea whatsoever. Uh huh. I got so, you. So I see where you're coming from. So that's just me. I mean, you make a good, you made some good points there, but I, I just, to me, I think it is a taboo. I think that's a the forbidden fruit of any organization to do something to that. Even if you, like, whenever we say that, though, like, even if we talk about the tire tire compounds coming into NASCAR, but we've seen tire compounds in in the. All Star Race. We saw the ty- different tire conference in the All Star Race. So, I mean, is that really new? I mean, it's happened before, except it happened in an exhibition race via a points paying race. Right. And we're talking about Martinsville here, where they did need softer tires. I mean, the hard tires that they had, the results spec- spoke for themselves. There. I don't know. I mean, and, and to your, I mean, you, and you called me out right there. I mean, I asked that question. It kind of a trail to formula one in indycar and yeah i mean but i mean if it works i mean are, are we really taking anything from them as far as the format of the race like a green white checkered finish no not not as far as the format just uh Competi- i guess try, try do to- you i guess the lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. The uniqueness of their series as opposed to one others, yeah, and one so. compound of stuff like that. But that, was, I mean, I thought that was a good question yeah. that we brought up last week, and can't wait to hear this week's question. Uh, definitely, let us know what you think using hashtag what you think itm on all social media platforms. And Charlie, uh, you getting ready? We've got two races to cover. And then we got to preview the big one, I feel. Talladega coming up this weekend for the uh, Xfinity and Cup Series. A little bit more, I feel. I think uh, Formula One race is coming up as well. So you ready to get into the Bristol Dirt Review? Yeah, let's get it. Charlie, before we continue on with this great episode and fun that we're having here on the show, I wanted to remind everyone out there and tell everyone out there, if this is their first time listening to a show, about our online store at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats. I'm wearing my rambling about racing t-shirt that I got on Bonfire and so much more on both sites. And not if you can't find it and you want it, tell us about it and we'll make it up for you just for you so you can buy it from us. And to tell everybody, whether you're at the local short track there at South Alabama Speedway 
or at the tracks such as Daytona, Talladega, Long Beach, Grand Prix, or the Australian Grand Prix for Formula One, that you are a fan and listener of Rambling About Racing and Charlie this month of April, what will be our discount code? Yeah, so month of April is a special month, of course. So, you know, Easter. Easter's a big holiday in the month of April. So we're going to go with Easter as our discount code very, this month. Very nice. And for that discount code, you're going to get 10% off of your order at Teespring and Bonfire. Links will be in the podcast description below or at our website, ramblingaboutracing.com. Go check it out. And remember, Easter for 10% off of your order from now till the end of April. All right, Bristol Dirt Review, like we do every other race, overall impression of the weekend, Charlie, for you? Better than last year, but still not signed off on by me. For me, real quick, it exceeded expectations, especially in the Cup Series race. Yeah. And I'm on I'm on the fence like you, so you go ahead and give us your reasons why you think it was it, you're not ready to sign off on it for 2023. For starters, I think Bristol has – I don't think Bristol's set up to be a – dirt track to in my opinion I, you know it was designed to be pavement track I, I just don't mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com sign up to learn more I think if you're going to run a dirt track, it needs to be a little flatter. It's got too much uh, bank, uh, too much degrees banking, and they're not really kicking these things out like you would see on a, you know, a normal dirt car. Um, now, granted, are these dirt cars? No, absolutely not. These are designed to run on asphalt or concrete or whatever. But with that being said, I, I think it would make it a whole lot more interesting if you if you put them on a flatter dirt track so i think we saw better racing out of the truck series at eldora than what we're seeing out of all the series at bristol i i agree with you to an extent we did see a better race than we saw last year especially in the cup series with nascar doing it at night did they run into issues absolutely they did and and a lot of it couldn't be prevented by nascar the weather was one thing that they couldn't prevent but that was <clears throat> I mean, that's just part of the the sport. You know, you, you run outside, you run in the elements, and you're going to get that. But Adam Stern tweeted out that we had the Bristol Dirt Race for the Cup Series had over 4 million people watching it, which was I, the highest. I saw that. Which was the highest since 2016 at the same time. So maybe people want to watch it. Now, I think the grandstands would have been fuller had it not been on an Easter weekend. 
Yep. Agreed. Because if I had a choice to be going to a NASCAR race or spending time with my family during Easter, I'd want to spend time with my family during Easter. The date, I think, could be switched. However, I feel like they're right there about to fix it. And we'll get into more in details into both races as it comes along. But I'm with you. It's like Bristol did a good job preparing it. Bristol did a good job of keeping it prepped up. Unless you're Kevin Harvick. And unless you're Kevin Harvick. Really no issues with the track, as we like we saw last year. No issues with the sun or anything like that. I think NASCAR did a good job. I think just the numbers based on itself to come back from that is justification enough for NASCAR to bring this back in a, for a 2023 run. Do maybe a few, uh, fine-tune just a few more things, and I think by then the teams will have a good idea of how to run it, how to set up for it, and how to prevent overheating issues. Plus, you'll be running the same car twice. I mean, last year right. they ran a different gen car. Yeah, that was a throwaway yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, so now you're running this car. You'll be running the same car next year. So, you know, you'll you'll better you learn this year. You'll better prepare for it next year. We'll see what happens. You know, like I say, I, I did and I did enjoy watching it. So it, it was a better race to me than what it was last year. Now, granted, yes. It, the weather was a lot better than what it was last year. It didn't storm and flood and everything else. But we'll, we'll get into the cup race weather whenever we cover the cup race. But, you know, mo- moving on to the to Friday night race, or uh, Saturday night race of the truck race. It was, so it was, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? Man, the, the truck race, I feel it was good, but it wasn't. It's, it's not what you expected it, from a truck race. It's not what I expected from a truck race. The fact that. We had several drivers in there racing to try to get seats or, or track time for the yep. upcoming cup race. Like yeah, just like we did the weekend prior at Martinsville. Yep. We, we had Chase Elliott in there, Joey Logano. But ju- the fact that those two were in there was okay. I guess it was, it put a couple seats in this, butts in the stands as far as that and maybe tuned in a couple more people that you normally wouldn't have that. But, you know, I mean, I'm just glad for one, a cup driver didn't win it. Ben Rhodes won the race. And we saw in a, a tight battle with Carson Hoskovar, who disappointedly finishing second after having a great run all night mm-hmm. in that 42 Chevrolet. Parker Kligerman finishing fourth and Christian Eck is running out, rounding out the top five with John Henry Nemechek finishing third. It wasn't the highlight of the weekend. I think the highlight of the weekend for everybody was the cup series race. It was a decent race, but not what you'd expect to see on Bristol or any type of track for the truck series. I feel like they're closer in competition with that. And when you have drivers on there that aren't adapting well to the race, I mean, thank goodness this is a one time a year thing. It isn't like in three, four weeks, we're going to go to another dirt track. So right. you, you right. don't, you, they don't have the repetitions in those vehicles. They, some people didn't race it last year that raced it this year and it's the same vehicles, but. It really didn't make much of a difference. And to me, the truck race was a precursor to the cup race. And a, a ex, it could have been an exhibition race for all we know for just to get them out there and have fun. But decent enough. But what was crazy was the little Mac Benedetto thing. I've never seen two vehicles in NASCAR hook up like they didn't get stuck. I don't know if that was because of like the screens that a lot of, everybody was running on the front of these trucks and the cup cars and stuff like that to keep the air from or not keep the air but keep the dirt from getting in there and all that kind of stuff and i heard them over the radio and stuff they were like hey you know hit the brakes as hard as you can because they were trying to separate them up until that point uh maddie d wasn't having a 
horrible run. Well, he but wasn't. after that, you know, both of them got sent to the back, and I don't think he ever really recovered. No, and, and he didn't. And the stats show from that from the finish of the race. But man, that was that was a one of those things that I've never seen before. I thought I've seen it all in NASCAR, and well, that's something I haven't seen before, and that's an unfortunate thing for Matty D. But it, it was a it was an okay race. But yep. but the Cup race was a completely different thing. And I don't know if you agree with me on this, and I think you, in fact, brought it up, that the qualifying for the cup race should have been before the cup race. Like, you had your heat races, and then you have your feature. That's the way I think they should have set it up. They want to set it up like a dirt race, and I think you brought this point up last week, that you need to set it up like a dirt race weekend where you have your heat races, where you have everything encompassing into that one day, and have your feature right after the field is set. I think that would be the way to go. And I think that's probably the one thing I would change from the weekend. And I have to commend NASCAR on this. They decided to run it on Easter. A lot of drivers or teams and and fans didn't like that. I know I was one of them. But the fact that they had an Easter service televised, I really like that. I really appreciate the gesture from NASCAR. I, I enjoyed it. It was on FS1. It was a good concert, good service. And then they hopped right into the pre-race, and they had everybody there at the track for once. And Fox did. Jeremy McMurray, Larry McReynolds, they had everybody there at the track. It, it kind of shades of what Speed did trackside back in the day. I really like, I think, Nash, I think NASCAR and Fox is starting to kind of hear the ripples from social media and the complaints from everybody. And I think they're starting to change up their game plan here. Yeah, it's about time. That's that's all I can really say to that. It's been a long time coming. And maybe they were waiting on this next-gen car to maybe make it happen. It's just all kinds of changes at one time. But it's definitely been a long time coming. And hopefully they're starting to listen to the fans' input a little bit more. Because I feel like a lot of the fans' input, for the most part, align with what some, if not the majority of the drivers are kind of feeling as well. Not all the drivers by no means, but for the most part, yes. I, I feel like the fans and some of the drivers are on the on the same page when it comes to the racing aspect. Now, these are your actual true you know, race fans, not your ones that are just there, hey, I want to see caution wrecking and all that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. Not your guys that show up and crack a beer at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning and <laughs> whatever, you know, I mean, not those guys. You at least have the decency to wait till 9. Yeah, I wait until 9. I'm not. Yeah, not you're not. Waiting. Yeah, you're not there just for the drinking of the beer and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no. Of course not. No way, no way. It's, I'm not there for a long time. I'm there for a good time. It's true. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean, aside from the broadcast part, the race itself, it, it started building up good i mean once the stages and everything went down and we have to talk about this real quick so nascar had and, and stated before the race started i'm sure in the driver's meeting when when the stage comes out and then the caution comes out they're going to stop scoring and everybody's going to do their non-live pit stops which is pretty much just go over make adjustments change tires if and fill the car up with fuel now that caused a little bit of a confusion there after the end of stage two when it started raining, NASCAR brought everybody in, as you would normal, but they were already on pit road as it was, and said, we're, we're going to wait till this weather passes, and hopefully we can get it passed, and 
not not to get off subject here, but let let me ask you: Was it at the end of stage two when Christopher Bell went back out there and slid down, or was that the first red flag? I think that was the that was the first red flag. Yeah, which was at the end of stage two, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll we'll talk about that later because this this goes back on the whole media hype coverage yeah. and all this. So because uh, I I had some people at the track that were there watching the race this weekend. Yeah. And they they gave their honest opinion on all that too. But anyway, go ahead with your story. The confusion came when the race was red flagged because at this point, due to weather, Kyle Busch didn't make a pit stop. He stayed out, right. along with a handful of other guys. I believe Logano was second. Mm-hmm. There were there were drivers down the line. Yep, but and if the if everything would have since scoring stopped, Tyler Reddick was in the lead. Was still leading, and he was still in the lead. But if they would have called the race, Tyler Reddick would have won. Correct. But where the confusion came in, like you were saying, any other track since Kyle Busch stayed out, Kyle Busch would have assumed the lead. Right. Because at but, the time of caution, they, they, kept, they kept scoring going, and they just make their pit stops, what, four but, or five laps later, depending on the track, and they right. go back to racing. But at the Bristol Dirt Race, scoring stopped. And that's where the confusion came in, because it, it kind of, for a few minutes right there, it did look like we might not get this thing back in. The track might be not too far gone, like not being able to maintain the track to its to the standard that NASCAR wanted to maintain the track in order for the race to go on. And Kyle Busch wasn't interviewing anybody. He wasn't being interviewed. He was at the NASCAR hauler, and I guarantee you he was there just in case NASCAR came on the radio and said, the crew, driver, and car of the eight to victory lane, race has been called. He was going to immediately go up there and say, protest it. I mean, I think he would have lost, but he would have gone down swinging, and Kyle Busch yeah. would have been one happy camper. I mean, Kyle Busch ended up winning the race off of a dramatic last lap incident. Yeah, he, but, he backed into that one. <laughs> but, but, I mean, what, what do you think of that? I mean, do you think it was just a miscommunication? Because, I mean, not only were the drivers confused, but the, the, the broadcasters seemed to have it all kind of figured out here. They were trying to explain to everybody, this is what's going on. But not only the drivers were confused, the fans on social media were seeing this thing starting to unravel before their eyes. I think everybody was in saying, because I was kind of like that too. It's like, well, Kyle Busch didn't pit. I was, I was, I was confused. I was on the same page with you. I, to begin with, I was, you know, Kyle, Kyle Busch didn't pit. So I, he, he should be scored the leader. But then they said scoring stopped. But at the same time, they went back out there. Before they came back down pit road and red flagged, so I was right. like, "So did scoring pick up?" But then they finally said, "Scoring does not pick up until they take the green flag." Right. And I was like, "All right, so that settles it." Then Tyler Reddick is still the leader, regardless of where they were when they went back out there under caution. And and NASCAR wasn't trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes, especially the competitors' eyes. Correct. I, I just don't think it was. Explained very well at all in the drivers' meeting. Like, I don't think they expected to have that situation. Right, and then with drivers staying out in the case of Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, who I think Logano was scored eleventh at the time, and I guess that makes Kyle Busch scored tenth at the time of caution. Joey Logano was even saying, "Yeah, we're running second. And then mm-hmm. I think it was Jamie Little said, "No, you're you're scored eleventh. It's like, no, we're we're second on the field." 
So I think I don't think it would have just been Kyle Busch protesting that when I th- or the the final standings. I think it would have been a jo- the team Penske and Joey Logano in the twenty two protesting that. I think it would have been a lot of people protesting that because I don't think to your point and we weren't in the drivers meeting, but to your point, I don't think that specific scenario was. But you even, can't even, you, even you, thought you of. Can't pre- you can't predict those scenarios, right? I just think you got to take it with the way the rules are laid out. And the rules, from my understanding, were laid out. The scoring is stopped at the end of the stage, and it does not resume until the green flag. And if that's black and white, then regardless if Kyle Busch lined up as the leader, until he takes the green flag for the next stage, he's 10th place. Yeah. Yeah. Argue it all you want to. It, It is what it is. It is, and it's just one of those things where a bit of confusion. I think it was just everybody trying to figure it out, and and maybe trying to explain it in the in the Twitter space of the NASCAR community, yep. which was kind of like that's a whole jumble pile of Christmas lights right there. I don't want to even get into that. I want to hear Mike Joy explained it perfectly. Okay, that's all I needed to hear. Mike Joy explained it. I, I problem solved, but everybody was still on Twitter. I think mainly from the Kyle Busch Nation trying to. Find a way around it. Trying just, to justify him if it did get called, justify him winning. Right, and it it didn't look like from for a moment there that that the race would be called and Tyler Reddick would have picked up his first win. Now I'm glad it went back to green, and we saw a great finish in the race. But here's one thing that kind of blew me away. Here, the rain came, the race was stopped, and they had these cars on track prepping the track. I forget what they were called. Packers. Packers. I guess they were packing down the dirt that was kind of eroded up. They were packing down the racing line. Now, what was amazing about that was, had it rained there with the concrete setup, it would have probably taken an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending on how gone the track was, to get it dried out and get it ready to go back racing. Those those cars, those Packers did it in 30 minutes. When the rain stopped, and even they were going on, even when it was still drizzling, they, they were taking care of the racetrack. And once that was done, they packed it up and said, we're good, we're ready. And that kind of blew me away right there. Like, they could, they got the track ready in a good turnaround in 30 minutes. I think that is a definite positive of this dirt track. I, I think that uh, also matters when you bring in the difference between running slicks and a treaded tire. So... And also, I'll just leave it at running slicks and then running a treaded tire. There's definitely a difference there when it comes to running it on the concrete and then running it on the dirt. And kudos to NASCAR and Goodyear for bringing a actual yeah they did they did track. great yeah on they, that and it was it was a good race overall. But the last stage was amazing. A lot of drama in there. A lot of what ifs and what what have yous throughout the course of the race. And then we get to the final. 10 laps where Briscoe's catching Reddick. Reddick is inching away, but then Briscoe's closing it. And Briscoe went checkers or wreckers, man, there in the final lap in the final corner. I want to hear your takeaway on that because when I watch it, it's like, whoa, this is great. But then Reddick got his car squared up, but he just couldn't get the traction and get up going. And Kyle Busch had the momentum. And Kyle Busch, like you said, backed into a win. And we're going to say he backed into the win because he said it to the bowman. Yeah. What's fair is fair. 
Yeah, and then he had those little comments, you know, in the winter circle oh, there. But yeah, now, and then he, uh, we'll, we'll get into that for a minute because yeah. I want to hear what you think but, about uh, that. But what do you think about that final lap between Briscoe and Reddick there? Do you so, think Briscoe was wrong, or do you think Briscoe did exactly what he needed to do I, in order? To you win? know, I, I feel Briscoe was wrong. I, I don't think Briscoe is in in the position to even attempt a uh, slide job. And to be honest with you, in that race. I didn't see the slide job work very often and, and be very successful. It, it just wasn't there most of the night. For for the most part, either the top groove was working or the bottom groove was working. Most people were just never in a position to make a good slide job, in my opinion. So, and he was just wait. He was there, yes, but at the same time, he I felt like he was too far back to even make that move because by the time he even tried to slide up he was nowhere near he was side by side he was nowhere even close to clearing that slide job so I, I think it was a dumb move it cost them both where where they could have finished one two they wound up finishing what three and then briscoe finished way back there I, I, stupid move on briscoe's part especially when he's already locked i, I think because he's locked in he went for it and it cost Reddick a win, I'll be honest with you. And Reddick handled himself – he handled himself a lot better than I'd have handled myself. That, that's my consensus to that because, I mean, after the race, Tyler Reddick's having his interview, gets approached by Chase Briscoe, who owned up to it. Reddick was okay, but it, it seemed like to me, like that whole race weekend, a lot of drivers – they a, treated it as like an expedition. Right. Race. They treated it as if it wasn't a normal, regular race weekend. They took it as, hey, you leaned on me. It's okay because we're on dirt. Or this happened. It's okay because we're on dirt. I, I didn't take it. I, I felt like if that would have been regular Bristol, not necessarily during the playoffs, but during a regular season springtime Bristol race on the concrete, that Tyler Reddick probably would have been a little more heated that he was after the race there on the dirt. And that, that's yeah. just what I observed. I mean, that was just like that with everybody. We saw Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney talked with their cars when it was the first red flag, the first time it was raining, and they were just laughing it up. Like, oh, this is a great time. Yeah. And the seriousness wasn't there. You want to have fun racing. Don't get me wrong. But those guys are paid to do that. That's their job. They're there to win. And I hate to tell you, but – Briscoe cost Reddick a win, and I'd have been pissed. And it was just one of those things where he sent it in deep. He was checkers or wreckers, and, I mean, it was just racing. And Reddick took it well, as well as you could, I feel. I feel like that's a testament to right now. I feel Tyler Reddick's character in that, and not saying he's right or wrong. He would have been judged any differently if he would have Yeah, done of course, that, at the same but- time. Austin Dillon could probably get away with fighting at RCR and still have a job, and Tyler Reddick fight at RCR and be out of a job yeah, the next he, he week. Got so. key, but I don't think he'd be out of the job if we. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm, no, I'm just using that for oh, an example. Oh, by the way, I like that TikTok you sent me with Ty Gibbs about Ty Gibbs. I'm like, Daddy, I want to go this. Or Grandpa, want to do should, this. We should, we should just name it Ty Gibbs Racing. Yeah, we should just. Yeah, that was, that was an off topic thing from last week. Go check out last week's episode to hear about that. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was a good race. The Cup race definitely won the race of the weekend for me. 
Absolutely. Because of the good racing, of the good broadcast, I didn't much care for Daryl Waltrip up there going boogity, boogity, boogity. But yep, there's he, a reason why I was happy he retired. Yep. but And, and I feel like he didn't do his homework. He was like, oh, man, who's in the 21? Harrison Burden. Oh, yeah, 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 him, him. I mean, that's one thing. But, hey, Daryl Waltrip calling back in the booth, I feel like it was more of a throwback <laughs> weekend-based thing, vice a normal race weekend but boy we did, did we call it on who's going to be in the booth next weekend well yeah we we saw the out i saw the silhouette and i clearly saw it was dale jr we'll get more to that they, could, they could at least throw us off a little bit with the silhouette yeah and it was clear to tell who that was i mean i've seen dale jr silhouettes uh many for many of years and it's like that was easy to call but i mean the yeah. rate the, it's going back to bristol dirt here it met and exceeded expectations do i expect there to be a a dirt race in 2023 at Bristol? If I Probably. Based off the ratings they got this past weekend. Based on the ratings? Yes. I feel like with the, the amount of fans they had in the stands, they'll schedule it for a different weekend. They and will. Hopefully schedule off for Easter weekend. Because like I said, they haven't raced at Easter weekend since, what, the 80s? Yeah, they said the last time. 80, they did 86 it, or something like and that. And Rusty Wallace won that, and it was only because I think – Richmond got snowed out, which was the second race of the season. And so they had to fill it in somewhere, and they dropped it on Easter weekend, and they said, I think Rusty Wallace won that race. So, I mean, it's far and few between, and it, it does happen. I, I think NASCAR should reschedule it for not Easter weekend. I don't know why they did it on Easter weekend. It was what it was. It was a good race. I think you get more butts in the seat next year if you don't have it on a right, uh, Easter weekend or any type yeah, of cause... big weekend like that. And Them stands for empty. Then I think with based on the ratings, people will say, oh, "I want a ticket to that race. I want to be there and see that in person." Just a few changes to be ma- just to be made there. I think it should be a day long event for the Cup Series. I yep. think they should run their heat races during the day, qualify during the day, and race at night. Yep, all qualify day to set up your heat races and run your heat races, and then run your feature. Yep, I one hundred percent agree with that. I think NASCAR should. Schedule that. Be, if you're going to run a dirt race at Bristol, make it a day-long event. Make it a dirt race. And, and same thing with the trucks. Have a day-long event. I think they'll put more butts in the seat as well instead of saying, yep. oh, we're here to watch cup qual- we're here to watch the truck race, but might as well catch the cup qualifying and stuff. No, no, yeah. don't do that. I, I'd, keep the, I'd keep the cup race the same. I, I'm not going to lie. I'd keep the cup race the same length. I thought it was a decent length race, but I'd run your I'd run your qual- I'd qualify. I'd run you heat races. I'd run you like 25 lap shootout heat races or even 15, 20 lap shootouts and or 25, 30, whatever, 50 lap shootout heat races. And then at 50 lap, run 50 lap heat races. Keep your feature race, which is like what we've seen Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Keep that the same length and run it. I'd run your truck race Friday night. Uh, I take that back. If you're not going to run it on Easter weekend, then do your truck heat races and everything on Saturday, and then do you all your cup stuff on Sunday if that if that's what you want to do. Yep, I, I agree. I feel like it would make it more exciting for the fans and the people at home to just say we're going or, to, we're going to the racetrack and we're going to watch the racing, we're going to watch the qualifying, we're going to watch the practices. Yeah, is that or if you want to make it an all day affair, you run both of them on on on, on Saturday and just. Stagger them, and which would he, be a, a tough sell for me, but or a tough sell for anybody. But yeah, yeah. I, I see your point. I see your yep. point there. But race of the weekend, I take it was the cup race for you as well. Yeah, no doubt. It, 
easy sale for the cup race to be uh, race of the weekend for me. Race of the weekend this weekend from Rambling About Racing is the Cup Series race. Unanimous decision right there. And now, Charlie, we get ready to go to your neck of the woods, Sweet Home, Alabama, for the Talladega race for the Xfinity and Cup Series. I don't know about you. I'm expecting to see much of what we saw at Daytona from both series. It's going to be a typical Talladega, good pack racing. Yeah. Anything could happen. Possibilities of the big one. I think the product that we see on Talladega is going to be better than what we saw at Daytona because teams have that idea of what they want to do now at these super speedway races. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see something different. What do you think? I think your uh, your Xfinity race is going to be pretty exciting. Your typical Xfinity race. Everybody's got a pretty good feel for these cars. I think your cup race is going to be better than what the 500 was just because they've had more time in these cars. They've gotten a better feel between the Daytona race and even the Atlanta race uh, where it was a lot of drafting. I, I think you're, I think you're probably going to see a, a lot of hard racing, a lot of good racing. Yeah, and I, I think so as well, Charlie. And it's going to be interesting to see what the teams do differently Based on, like you said, even you could throw in Atlanta with those two races being what they were, I think we're going to see something we haven't seen before this weekend. I think we're going to see a race that we haven't seen before at Talladega or a race that we haven't seen there in a while where it's just going to be hopefully two by two the whole time. I, I love that kind of race, and I, I think it's a good chess match. And I think I think we're expecting a good show this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun, but... Your picks for the Xfinity and Cup race start off with the Xfinity. Go. Gregson gets his second career or second win of the season at Tega. You like Noah Gregson, man. You know, Why? he's just been strong this year, man. Okay. Hey, I, I feel he, he feel he had a really, really good shot to win Daytona. And he was there to win until he uh, was just in the wrong place, wrong time. And I think he gets it done at Talladega. All right. What about Cup? Brad Keselowski. Last year's winner of this race. I, I would say you, you took from my notes because that's who I was going to pick. Now i got to pick my reserve guy. But I'm going to start off with the <laughs> Xfinity Series, and I think it's going to be Daniel Hemrick in that call of racing Chevrolet. Okay. Daniel Hemrick gets it done defending series champion of the Xfinity Series because the junior motorsports guys, they had a good run there in restrictor play tracks, but now it's just kind of like... They put themselves in position or they don't keep it up front or just one bad luck after another. Mm-hmm. After, after, you know, I saw Noah Gregson won there at Daytona I, in 2020. It just hasn't been working out for them at all. For now, for the cup race, I have to forego my pick of Brad Kislowski because I hate to piggyback. I mean, you don't have to. No, 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 no. I'm going to, I'm going to pick someone else here. Let's see here. I guess I don't get to pick first anymore. No, no, you'll you'll get to pick first every now and again, <laughs> I guess. Because this normally never happens. I would have to say, you know what? It's going to be Daniel Hemrick's sweep. Daniel Hemrick wins the Xfinity Series, and Daniel Hemrick wins the Cup Series. He's going to sweep the weekend. Bold move, Cotton. Yeah, I mean, it's going to work out. Watch it work out. If it works out, I will buy you a lottery ticket. Okay. Okay. So uh, before we get into our final thoughts here, two things. We brought it up earlier. What do you think about Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the Fox Sports booth? I didn't expect Dale Jr. to – he's not jumping shit from NBC, but somehow NASCAR on Fox poached him for one race at Talladega. 
I don't know why. I think there's a plethora of other drivers you could have in there, maybe a Dale Jarrett in there or something like that. But the fact that it's Dale yeah, Jr., I, I think that'll bring more people to listen to the race. I, I'm with you, you know, and I, I like Dale Jr. I, I do, but I'm with you. I feel like there's some other people that they could fill the spot with, especially since, you know, Jr.'s going to be in the NBC Sports booth later on in the year with yeah. the fall Talladega yeah, race. Yeah, we're going to hear so, him later. But my, my other thing that I want to touch on is – I could care less about Larry McReynolds back on a pit box that, that was for, for the number three at Talladega for RCR. I, I could care less if you were just in a, I never officially retired. Who gives a crap, Larry? Like nobody, nobody cares. Now that, that was going to be and, my second question. What do you think about and, Jeffrey Earnhardt racing the number three Richard Childress Chevrolet for the Xfinity series <sighs> and Larry McReynolds being back on the box? How do you think he'll do? It, it is nothing but a publicity stunt. By Richard Childress. Exactly. Okay. As long as in, in my opinion, if he wins, great, whatever. But it's yeah. going to be, it, it will be sold nothing as a, oh, well, uh, look at that. It's just, it's luck of having Larry McReynolds back on the pit box and having Earnhardt, the three, Talladega. It, it's going to, I get it. Okay, great, whatever. And I'm not bashing yeah. on, I'm, I'm not bashing on the Earnhardts or nothing like that. But it's more of a was, it's more I, of a stunt I, I, from. They Richard are Hilder selling Tracy. this as a publicity stunt. This, They're not selling this as having a veteran crew chief for Richard Childress come in and right. do a one race thing. They're they're selling it as a publicity stunt. They're trying to get the media attention the same way as Bubba the Clown Wallace gets all his media attention. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I was just curious but, on that. I mean, I was I'm impartial either way. If Jeffrey Earnhardt hasn't done well and at least showed potential in a car before. What makes you think he's going to get into a really a top ride there in the Xfinity series? Yeah, because Austin Hill is running really, really good in the Xfinity series this year. But he's done well in the truck series, whereas Jeffrey Earnhardt really hasn't shown much potential other than the fact that he's the grandson of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Yep, Jeffrey Earnhardt's gotten in Joe Gibbs equipment. And not done well. And I would be more optimistic, and I feel like, to your point, this is a, pl- a publicity stunt because no owner in their right mind would do this except Richard Childress and have it Earnhardt attached to it. Yep. It is all a ploy. Now, do I wish and him luck? And Larry McReynolds, who is Earnhardt Sr.'s crew chief. Whoop-de-doo. Now, now Larry McReynolds has to learn these cars. Yeah, he was at last year crew chief in what two thousand. What has he? He I think he spotted once for Daryl Waltrip in a truck race, and I think Jeff uh, Jeff Hammond was on the crew chief box for that race, and that was in Martinsville. But that was early two thousands. I, I mean, to me, I don't know. Good luck if he surprises me. He surprises me, but it will be a flash in the pan, and I don't think anything will come from it other than. This is Jeffrey Earnhardt's. I, I won't even time, say time to make I, it. A I break don't even it. want to watch the pre-race show. No, no, no. I don't. I mean, I feel like just watch the race. Well, before we get into our final thoughts, we're going to go over the schedule for this weekend's racing event. We got Talladega for the Xfinity Series Saturday, April twenty-third at four p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox, and the Cup race will be Sunday, April twenty-fourth at three p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. And then we have this weekend, Formula One, 
Sunday, April 24th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Formula One going to be back in action this weekend. I have to record that one. I'll have to record that one as well, buddy. <laughs> and then no IndyCar race this weekend, but I do want to say SRX is coming back here soon. Let me just – I'm just going to double-check the schedule here because I'm seeing a lot of media attention on this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in Pensacola. Because we have a race June 18th or something like that. We ha- we have a race at June 16th or something like that. It's going to be at June 18th at Five Flags, race number yep. one. So, okay, so we got a little time for SRX. I just want to make sure because I thought about that last week. It's like, ah, I think SRX is coming up, but that's in here in the next few months here. So Yeah, I wanted to go to it, but we got to race that same night too. So Formula One this weekend, real quick, who do you have for the Formula One race? Last time we blew an engine. And I'm not saying this because you're going to say, oh, well, you just like him. You know, it could just like I you like said. I like uh, Last time he blew an engine, he came back to win the next race. Well, he blew an engine this past race. I think he comes back to win the race All right. for Stappen. All right. I'm going to go off on a limb here. I know behind me there's a giant Scuderia Ferrari flag, and I like the Scuderia. I like the Ferraris. But this driver is going to get his first career victory this this year, and I think it's going to happen in Italy. George Russell. Okay. And he shows the Ferraris and the Red Bulls, in fact, everybody else in the garage, that Mercedes isn't down and out of it yet. George Russell gets it done at Italy this weekend. Charlie, that was our show. We're getting ready to get, our, get into our final thoughts. Anything else before we get into our final thoughts here? No, buddy. I'm, I'm good. All right. Let's get into our final thoughts. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud sponsor of Burns Radio, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate with. Fanatics, you can find all your latest and greatest NASCAR skiers to get you ready for this coming up season, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast, and so much more. But you don't only have to stop in there and buy NASCAR gear. I get all my latest and greatest Washington Capitals gear from there. Yeah, and not only do you get hockey gear and stuff like that, I go in there, that's where I get all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tide, man. It's a one-stop shop for all your sports gear needs, no matter what sports you're interested in. All purchases help out. Burns Radio bring you latest and greatest content and keep us on the air to bring you guys that content through the radio. If you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our Partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. Take you right there. Go do your shopping there for this upcoming racing season or for whatever sports you want. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. And I forgot to tell you guys something at the top of the show, and I realized it halfway through the show, and I wanted to bring it up real quick right now. I don't know if anybody here out there knows, but... The track president for Richmond Raceway just <laughs> left his post. About time. We need somebody new. And who else? None other. Drum roll. I have put my name in the running for track president of Richmond International Raceway. Folks. Yep. I can make this happen, but I'm going to need your help to do it. I need you to get on the Twitter, get on the Facebook, get on every type of social media you can. In fact, 
email NASCAR and say Matt Beamer for president for president of Richmond, Richmond International, International Raceway, <laughs> and I will make that track so much better than it is now. It will be nine and day difference. It, I, I, I'm not even going to tell you what I have planned. I got stuff written down in my notebook that I have going on because I feel, feel like if I give it out, somebody else will take it and run for it and, and do better than I have who has more connections than I do. I have put my name in the yeah, hat. And I, I gave him that notebook. So That's right. And guess who's going to be my director of track operations? Charlie Herkus. Yeah, looks like I'm moving to Virginia, people. Uh, I mean, get on social media if you're out there. Tag me in it and say Beamer 22 or Matt Beamer on Facebook should be the next president of the raceway. And then that was so NASCAR that the fans want this to happen because who wants an executive guy in there? I don't want an executive guy in there who just cares about the numbers. I am a race fan first, and I know what race fans want because I followed the sport for 20 years. I, I can make that track the next Bristol where I think you're about to say make that track great again. No, I'm, I'm so I'm so glad you didn't take no, somebody else's. I, I wasn't going to do. First of all, I, 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 no, no, no. I was, I, I'm going <laughs> to make it my own. I'm going to make it my own. And that this track will have sold out tickets, and everybody will have to be put on a waiting list because everybody would want to seat there to see the action, to see the everything that's going on there. I can make that track awesome, back to its glory days where it was just full. We can make this happen, folks, but I need your help out there. So tell Richmond Raceway, tell NASCAR that I, Matt Beamer, should be put in that president's seat. That's all I wanted to say. Okay, fantasy this, sure guy. Th- this this guy can make this happen, but I need your help. I need you to start kind of flooding NASCAR's inbox and Twitter and Facebook and say, this guy, he's, he, he's your guy. Make that happen. We can make that happen together. If it works, great. If it not, well, I still got my firefighter job. Can't complain about that. Yep. Anyway. You can always work at a track as safety crew. Work your way up. I will never do that. I, <laughs> I, I want to go right to the tippity top. I want to be track president, but this, because here's what I see one day. If I'm track president of Richmond, one day I could be president of NASCAR. Then I could really change the sport for the better. Just just patience, people. Just Let's make that happen. Help me out here. Help me help you, the race fans. And I'm going to be your voice at the racetrack and then eventually NASCAR. I, voice I guess, for the people. A voice for the people, for the race fans of the United States of America. Okay, Charlie. Fantasy standings following this weekend's dirt race at Bristol. How do we do? So we're going to go in our manufacturer standings first. Because uh, manufacturer battle has, man, I'm not going to, it has heated up. The past few weeks, and, and I think uh, I think we have to say unofficial manufacturers battle because you can pick your little icon that you have for the fantasy league, and I don't think I think three people pick three different manufacturers. Yeah, Chevy, Toyota, yeah. So, and Ford. So no, nobody so, else. So this is really change theirs. So this is really unofficial. Yeah, because I may change mine to Chevrolet. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Summer's racing with Toyota sitting eighth uh, with. 1,452 points. Super Sumo, 32. Toting the Chevrolet banner. is sitting ninth with 1,441. So, close battle there. 11-point spread. And then Smoking Woody sitting 10th. Toting the Ford stable with 1,348. So, about 97 points out of it there. Starting from the top going down, I 
Chuck 8384 is still leading your points with 1,678 uh, points. Matt Camper is second, 1,581. S Blades is third with 1,560. SMR Operations is fourth with 1,543. B93 is fifth, 1,479. Yours truly, Matt Beamer, is sixth with 1,472. SMR R&D is seventh with 1,467. We've already covered eighth, ninth, and tenth. Eleventh is 43 and me with 1,279. And rounding out the bottom is in twelfth place is Z Cleave 7 with 1,243 points. And, and all I'm going to say is with this recent fantasy standings, be ready to either do very well or have yep. everybody taken out on the final lap or halfway through the race and no doubt go from there. I, I know my lineup's definitely going to change quite a bit, but I and just looking at the picks for the upcoming race there, I already know who I'm going to pick because what they did, what NASCAR did is they updated it. So you don't pick the winner of the race and the top manufacturers or anything like that. They have a featured matchup of the week and each driver gets in each correct pick gives you 10 extra points. So this week it's going to be Tyler Reddick versus Chase Briscoe, Bubba Wallace versus Hamlin, Kozlowski versus Logano and Elliott versus Blaney. I know who I'm going to pick in those and I'm not going to give it away because if you pick mine, you'll definitely drop right. down. Drop right. down the ladder. You would pick. Yeah. Yeah. I know who you'd pick too, Charlie. So let's just keep it at that right there. Let's just keep it secret. Maybe one day we'll give away our fantasy standings and start doing that, but uh, I'm not there yet because I'm not doing as well as I did before. Unless you're putting in a cheat code and an algorithm in there that I don't know about. Me? No. No. Again, watch. Wait till the mid uh, All Star break, and then I'll get you, bud. For this week in NASCAR, we go to April 13th, 1958. Curtis Turner and Joe Weatherly finished first and second in the 100-mile Grand National Race at Lakewood Speedway in Atlanta. Turner and Weatherly are in Fords, separated by John Holman and Ralph Moody, successor of Peter DePablo on Ford's premier racing team. And that's Diapola. I'm butchering that. That's what happened on April 13th, 1958. And Charlie, great episode, man. We unpackaged a lot, getting ready for Talladega. We got our picks. And now our question of the week before we wrap up the show. One one more thing real quick. I I just come across something. In the 1971 season, Talladega 500, August 22nd, 1971, 500 miles. Bobby Allison won in a 69 Mercury. Richard Petty finished second in 71 Plymouth. Ran 188 laps. Pete Hamilton finished third in a running 187 laps, so they uh I guess they lapped the whole field. Bobby Allison won $19,565. A lot of money back then. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I just seen the NASCAR Grand Grand National Championship Circuit Race number thirty seven. Alabama International Motor Speedway, Talladega, Alabama. All right. Well, what's our question of the week this week, Charlie? All right. So our our question of the week, and, and we've we've touched on this before, uh, especially after the Richmond race, to where it, it annoyed me in a lot of ways. But when it comes to races that you think are going to be good races, and the guys in the 
the booth are calling the race, and they're just continuing to hype it up and talk it up. And, man, this is such great racing. Oh, did you see that? But there's literally nothing going on in the track. And this happened this past weekend at Bristol, too, with the rain. Uh, like, man, it's raining so hard when I literally had people texting me that were at the track. It's barely sprinkling. Like, it, it rained all through stage two. And it, it rained a little harder towards the end, and that's why it got slick. It was literally misting and sprinkling all through stage two. But the question is, do you feel that the commentators should just call it like it is? Or do you think they should just continue to try and hype it up to promote it? Or do you think more people will respond? Do you think the, the people watching the race would respond better if they just called it like it is? Do you feel like people would want to, you know, do people want to hear it like it is? All right, I understand that question of the week. I think that's a very good question of the week considering the current climate that we live in as far as Fox. Definitely Fox has given us right now. I think I got a good response to that question. I'm curious to know what everybody else's response will be and definitely respond to us on all social media platforms with that answer using hashtag what you think ITM, and I think that'll do it for our show. Charlie, do you have anything else before we wrap it up here this week? No, I'm good, buddy. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. Really do appreciate it as always. And we are going to go ahead and just wrap it up from here. Thank you so much again for tuning into us this week here at Rambling About Race. And make sure to follow Rambling About Race on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of auto racing. And maybe one day here soon, an announcement that I've become track president of Richmond here. And all those can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com. I'd like to thank the partners for the show, Stand Up to Cancer and Fanatics, for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, but for what they do for Burns Radio and Belly Up as well. For Charlie Herkus, Chuck8384 on Twitter. I'm Matt Beamer, mbeamer 22 on Twitter. Stay safe, and we'll see you after Talladega and the Italian Grand Prix for Formula One. Stay safe, everyone. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.